Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 80, The Lord Worketh Not in Darkness. Either you remember it because you watched him give this talk, and his words pierced your heart, and the warm energy of truth then spread into your mind and into your appendages. Or you have seen it in various word art or memes, but the words of Elder Holland from his 2012 conference address, titled The Laborers in the Vineyard, are life-altering. They read, However late you think you are, however many chances you think you have missed, however many mistakes you feel you have made or talents you think you don't have, or however far from home and family and God you feel you have traveled, I testify that you have not traveled beyond the reach of divine love. It is not possible for you to sink lower than the infinite light of Christ's atonement shines. When we heard these words, we knew they were true, and they blew our minds because we realized that there was some small part of us that had been duped into either being deceived of its truth or we had forgotten. These words had the power, and they still do have the power, to bust open the darkness that we are currently in. They have the power to break apart that pavilion that we believe separates us from God. They even have the power to put Satan behind us because they speak of the mercy and the grace of God and of his son, Jesus Christ. Hope is not lost. Satan has not won. He won't win. And despite what you have done, the atonement is for you. It is infinite. And remember, it is infinite in the number of times used, the number of people it applies to, and the magnitude of the sin. It applies. Elder Holland's teachings are the modern words of an apostle of God that came to my remembrance as I studied the ancient prophet Nephi and studied his words found in 2 Nephi chapter 26, verses 23 to 28, and then verse 33. Nephi teaches this doctrine of Christ, of who Christ is, and who his doctrine pertains to, and Nephi teaches it in a very simple way. He asks questions, and then he answers them, and then he reiterates the truth in verse 33. Nephi first lays the foundation for us, though. Nephi first lays the foundation that we must build the following answers to his questions upon, and that is this. The Lord God worketh not in darkness, and everything he does is to the benefit of the world because he loves the world. So here is the context. Nephi has just finished prophesying about the destruction of his people and the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, which will sound familiar to his descendants. And their voice shall be as one that hath a familiar spirit. Nephi spoke the harsh reality that those who survive and then multiply will then be smitten by the hand of the Gentiles 
who are lifted up in the pride of their eyes and have stumbled because of the greatness of their stumbling block. He's referring to the Gentiles here. Just keep that in mind. Many churches will be built among the Gentiles, which will put down the power and the miracles of God. And they will preach unto themselves their own wisdom and their own learning, that they may get gain and grind upon the face of the poor. And these many churches will cause envyings and strifes and malice. And there are also secret combinations, and all these things, Nephi testifies, are designed by the founder of murder and works of darkness, the devil. And it is he who uses all these tactics to lead us away. But the Lord worketh not in darkness. This truth is the essence in our ability to discern what is darkness. What does it look like? What does it feel like? And when we stay close to the word of God and we repent of the pride that easily creeps into all of us, we can see the difference between light and darkness and we won't be fooled. And there are a few areas when our discernment isn't fine-tuned where we can be fooled. Intellectually, we may know the answers to Nephi's questions, but these questions are at the root of the false impressions that the adversary uses to grow doubt within us. He attacks our worth and fools us to believe that that is how God feels about us, which cuts us to the center. Where faith is like a little seed, if planted, it will grow, and it can grow into beauty, light, love, and hope. Doubt is a thorny bush. If not uprooted and cast out, it will fill us with darkness and with hurt and with discouragement. Nephi asks us, Behold, doth he cry unto any, saying, Depart from me? Behold, hath he commanded any that they should depart out of the synagogues or out of the houses of worship? Hath he commanded any that they should not partake of salvation? Behold, hath the Lord commanded any that they should not partake of his goodness? No, 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 and no. The Savior in all of Scripture has only told the devil to depart from me. To everyone else, even his critics when he was here on the earth, he has extended the invitation to come unto me, all ye ends of the earth, by milk and honey, without money and without price. The Lord always offers us abundance. Have you noticed? Abundance in love. All that he hath, all ye ends of the earth, milk and honey without costing a thing. There is not a child of his who cannot come unto him. He desires no one to be left out. Which brings us to question number two. Behold, Hath he commanded any that they should depart out of the synagogues or out of the houses of worship? The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints means what it says when it says, Visitors welcome on all their chapels. The saints within the structure ought to find belonging for all that attend. 
to squish in a little tighter and to welcome all wherever they may be on the covenant path. That all that come have a place and are permitted to repent and to worship. You and I know there isn't one of us that doesn't need grace and mercy extended to us right now. And we shouldn't desire to deny that gift of alleviation to anyone. And hath he commanded any that they should not partake of his salvation? Nay. That is why Elder Holland's words are so impactful. These scriptures are the doctrine power boost behind what he said. They aren't just feel-good words. They are truth. It is the lies of the adversary we battle against and we suffer from. His lies are like worms that move through our subconscious, eating holes away into our belief of our worth and allowing false impressions then to enter that tell us you've done too much. It's embarrassing. What will people think of you? They know your imperfections if you show up, if you speak up, they will call you a hypocrite. They will hate you and they will despise you. No unclean thing can be with God. You don't belong. And all those church people that think they are so perfect, but I see their faults. I don't need them. And you know what? You may not need them. Though I don't really believe that. (laughs) But suppose you don't. Who you need is Jesus. And you need him now. His atonement is real and it is the difference that you're in need of. Nephi teaches that he hath given it free for all men, and he hath commanded his people that they should persuade all men to repentance. And all of us are in need of the atonement. All of us are in need of repentance. And just because you go to church doesn't disqualify you from needing to repent. But you know that already. I know you do. I'm sure there are some of you who are like me that we don't even have the opportunity to leave the church pew before we need to repent. Even though we've just partaken of the sacrament that has made us clean. Judgment and anger and self-hatred, jealousy, pride, coveting, all of those things and more can all be done silently while I sit in church. I need the Savior to mean what he says when he says, Come unto me. All are welcome in my house of worship, and salvation is for all men. And finally, the last question, Behold, hath the Lord commanded any that they should not partake of his goodness? Nay, but all men are privileged, the one like unto the other, and none are forbidden. All of us can repent and be forgiven of sin. All can receive personal revelation. All can make covenants. All can receive his grace. All can be made mighty through his tender mercies. None of God's children are forbidden from the goodness that the Lord longs to give to us. Returning to Elder Holland's talk, whether you are not yet of our faith or were with us once, and have not remained. There is nothing in either case that you have done that cannot be undone. 
There is no problem which you cannot overcome. There is no dream that in the unfolding of time and eternity cannot yet be realized. Even if you feel you are the lost and last laborer of the eleventh hour, the Lord of the vineyard still stands beckoning. Come boldly to the throne of grace and fall at the feet of the Holy One of Israel. Come and feast without money and without price at the table of the Lord. What would our lives be like? If this was the measurement of the temperament in our homes, how exponentially would our societies thrive if this was the discussion and hope in our houses of government? For sure, it is the mantra in our Father's home where He awaits us. Elder Holland ends, I testify of the renewing power of God's love and the miracle of His grace. His concern is for the faith at which you finally come, not the hour of the day in which you got there. So if you have made covenants, keep them. If you haven't made them, make them. If you made them and have broken them, repent and repair them. It is never too late so long as the master of the vineyard says there is time. Please listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit telling you right now, this very moment, that you should accept the atoning gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and enjoy the fellowship of his labor. Don't delay. It's getting late. So what can we take away from this knowledge that we've discussed today? I believe this is reiterated in verse 33. For none of these iniquities come of the Lord, for he doeth that which is good among the children of men, and he doeth nothing save it be plain unto the children of men, and he inviteth them all to come unto him and to partake of his goodness, and he denieth none that come unto him. Black and white, bond and free, male and female, and he remembereth the heathen, and All are alike unto God, both Jew and Gentile. God wants me near him. God wants me to come and worship him. God desires me to partake of his salvation and of his goodness. And as I look at those around me, at the traffic lights, in the grocery store, in each and every home of my neighborhood, and in each occupied seat at church, He desires the same for all of them, too. None are forbidden. All are welcome. Sister Scriptorians, tell the adversary to take a hike this week. I mean it. Tell him to scat. Replace him with God and with Christ. Find some way to come unto Christ. Make it a priority to worship him next Sunday. Partake of his salvation and daily, hourly, always, always. Strive to partake of his goodness. He loves you and desires you to benefit from him. Make it a great day.